Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Pat Patterson. Hello, everyone. I am Katie Patrick, joined by David Fiorazzo. And it yes. is that time, boom, 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 to drop some knowledge on you from the mouths of babes. We have an 11-year-old boy in Maine who stunned his school board and parents after discovering a highly sexualized book featured in the library, and he decided to read some passages out loud just to watch the board. Hmm. An 11-year-old taking yes. it under under control of, for himself. 11 years old. We're going to get to the video real quick on this because, as the story says, this is at the Windham Middle School Library, and we're going to allow the youngster to tell you exactly what was in the book, what was in the library. Go. I'm 11 years old, and I go to Wyndham Middle School. I'm a sixth grader. I was in the library, and this book was on a stand. I'd like to read you a page. My back over my hips as I ask if we should take off, take our clothes off. And he's saying yes before I finish my sentence. He's pulling off my t-shirt laughing when I can't undo his shirt buttons. He's undoing my belt. I'm reaching into his bedside drawer for a condom. We're kissing again. We're rolling over. Obviously, you can see where this is going. I don't know if it's because we're feeling especially emotional or just tired, or these past couple of weeks have been too much. But this reminds me so much of the first time we had sex. We were both terrified, and the whole thing was kind of terrible because we didn't know what we were doing. But it was good too, so good, because we were a mess of emotions, and we were scared and excited, and everything felt new. So this sort of thing, this sort of feels like that. Nick touches me like he's scared that any minute. Now this book was at my middle school, and it was on a stand. When I rented it out to show my dad it, uh, the librarian asked if I wanted more, and if I wanted a graphic novel version. So good for this young man, and I'm going to emphasize again, middle school library, anywhere USA, and I want to quote him again. When I checked out Nick and Charlie to show my dad, the librarian asked if I wanted more and if I wanted a graphic novel version. Yep. The librarian. As he said, though, the librarian. This is why... <laughs> and, oh, and by the way, they bleeped out a word or two. Oh, yeah. As if, you know, kids are reading he, he this and said it, yeah. adults can't handle it. But little Knox, that's his name, Knox uh, Zajic. Zajac. Zajac. Yes. Little Knox. All right, little Knox. Little Knox. We talk about this all the time. We talk about these stories all the time. Weekly. How the parents go in front of the microphone. And, and this is an instance, because I am not a proponent of putting your children out in front of the microphone to, like use them up and prop them up as if they were props. But this is an example of this little boy, I think, wanted to speak out yeah. on this because he's like, I found this yep. at my library and I took it home to show my dad. Like, it. this is what is happening in our school. So he is more self-aware of what is happening in that school than apparently the librarian, <laughs> cute little knock said. But when we, we keep showing you these videos of the parents saying it, but when you listen and see this youngster actually reading the words and hearing them, does it actually knock some sense into you? If you weren't as cringing as much yeah. as we were, and as you could see the adults 
sitting behind little Knox, like then there's something wrong with you too. Because yeah. like you should just be so uncomfortable and wanting to not have this be accessible to the 11 year olds in, in yep. the library. I'm yep. just gonna keep saying it, library. So I also wanna emphasize the fact that they bleeped an 11 year old who was reading from a book that's available at the middle school library do we know how big that town is? Um, uh, Wyndham? No, Wyndham Middle. Library, uh, we'll find out. We'll find out how big that town is, Wyndham, and we'll we'll let you know because I mean, doesn't matter the population anymore. So this is not just big city school anymore. But I, his after he read the passage, his dad Adam Zajac came to the lectern and offered his thoughts. Roll that video. So that's my son, okay. 11 years old, and went to his library and found that by the entry door of our library, this is the smut that he is finding, all right? I don't care whether it's gay, straight, bisexual, whatever the terms are for all this stuff, doesn't need to be at our school, doesn't need to be at my 11-year-old's library. And then as far as genderqueer, I've got a son in the high school as well, and this is we know it, all right? We do not need to be having literature that's showing boys how to all right? This is, I'm very, very frustrated about it, okay? And you may think that schools know the best for our children. You know who know the best for our children? The parents. What? Well, well no, no. Parents are not allowed to be parents. I thought that, I thought... Haven't, it's 2023, hello. Only teachers get to be parents. Have we not made that clear, apparently? Um, Wyndham, by the way, has about 18,000 people in the whole community. So it's a small yeah, yeah, thank you. 18, community. Right. It's not like in, I'm just going to go and stereotype the man wearing his nice like flannel. And can't, oh. <laughs> it's a small community. It's a, you can tell it's a working man's type community. And for this to be in, again, as he said, an 11 year old's library yep. and not, I wanna emphasize this point too. It wasn't just, oh, my son went and was digging, had to dig through the shelves to find this yeah. book. No, it's there on a stand. The secret porn section. It was section there on a the, stand, the middle school featured. Yeah. And clearly- By the doorway when he, he said. Went, yeah, when he went to the librarian who asked him, Oh, do you want more of that? Oh, clearly, yes, we found, we got one. That librarian was probably thinking, we got one. Here's some more, little boy. That's what it appeared to be. So, again, we want to mention there was a school in Wisconsin, uh, population 4,000, where three eighth graders were suspended for not using the um, preferred pronouns of a classmate. And the teacher said, no, you have to do that. You have to f jump on the bandwagon, use, use whatever pronouns. And they were suspended. This was in a small town. We, 18,000 in Maine population. This was a population of about 4,000 in Wisconsin. So please understand, we can't say this enough. This is all over the country. It's not in every single school because we, we couldn't possibly know that. But if you, you probably know a lot of people that are in denial about this and we report on this kind of thing every week on educated and it does get tedious think we enjoy this no how are we going to get this out there you need to share this video share this story make sure other people know about it that we're not just making this up oh come on it's it was it really in a middle school yes is it in other middle schools most likely yes 
All right, was that strong enough? I think so. I approve. I approve. I All think right. it was. Well, still to come. Undercover video in Ohio finds teachers admitting they will continue to teach critical race theory to students despite any laws that may get passed. That's next. Well, since you want ski now, um, we have a group accuracy in media who did some undercover work to find out what school officials in Cincinnati are teaching. And of course, it's critical race theory, but just it, it's just under a different name because, David, I mean, we don't teach critical race theory. This is my creepy wink. Who's we? We, we at the K-12, me, teachers, oh, educators, oh, we, no. creepy wink, creepy wink. We don't teach What's critical that? race theory. <laughs> we don't teach it. Except they do. They're admitting it. So let's take a look at uh, David Traubert, who is a social studies curriculum manager, who uh, who admitted that, yes, we are going to teach critical race theory. We just won't call it that. Should I be able to, to stay in my position if this if this law does go through, I would, heaven forbid, then then we will be just as like covert in our in our wording of our as long as I'm in the seat and don't lose my job over it. <laughs> if you have to. Yeah. It's unfortunate, yeah. but Just if change you have the name, to. same thing. We'll find a way. We don't have the 1619 project as a part of our curriculum officially, but it is referenced as a resource in, in several places. Um, okay. We have authors on our recommended reading list that other districts have said don't teach us author. Like who? Um, Dr. Ibram X. Kendi? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, he has a book called Stamped. We have a whole um, department of positive school culture. Cool. And social emotional learning, the social emotional learning standards that go K to 12 have also been crosswalked with our ELA curriculum. So they're. they're so usually the SEL stuff is going to be in the English. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But it's a way to get anti racism and social justice understood by children? Mm hmm. Oh. Mm -hmm. Okay, can yep. I just say one mm -hmm. thing yeah. at the very beginning of his comments? Yes, just one for now, and then it's back <laughs> to Katie. Um, heaven forbid, he says. Hmm, heaven, reference to God perhaps, but God forbid that there'd be any legislation that would say we can't lie to the students. CRT is based on lies, not true actual history. So he says, heaven forbid they pass these laws that we wouldn't be able to teach us, but we'll teach it anyway, depending on, it doesn't matter if it gets passed or not. It doesn't matter what laws. Is. Did I understand that correctly? Yes. He, okay. He going to do what he going to do is what he was saying there. And Mr. Trauber did all of the proper things. He said all of the good buzzwords <laughs> that are there to uh, make him sound like he's smart, some intellectual, like, you know, he went to school for this. So you parents... You have no say of this because <clears throat> we have a whole department of positive school culture Jeez. and social emotional learning. The social emotional learning standards that go K-12 have also been cross-blocked with our English language arts curriculum. Translated, <laughs> we're going to be doing critical race theory and telling and teaching, in air quotes, your children all about their social emotional needs and their fee wings in everything. And we have it in our social studies, we have it in our English language arts, and you better well know that it's going to be in every subject because all across the nation it's been in every subject. Yeah. And as soon as you mention Dr. Ibram X. Kendi, ever heard of him? <laughs> that grifter. The most famous <laughs> grifter of all the grifters. He 
by the way, it, he's an author where he writes about how it's okay to be racist as long as you're being racist against the racists. Um, his actual words <laughs> are only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. So he's all about Wait a because- Wait was that a quote? It's an actual quote from uh, Ibram X. Kendi, yes. Geez. Only remedy, the only remedy to any of the past discrimination is present discrimination. So you, because of your skin, that's gonna determine whether or not uh, you are presently and future discriminated against. Okay. Because of what was in the past that had nothing to okay. do with you or anything. But, Get that? But, but, it's, but they're all about learning, though. It's all about learning, but, yes. So just like they're all about justice, but they throw a word like environmental justice or social justice in front of it. Just think the same thing they did with the word learning. They put now social and emotional learning. So is that learning or is that social and emotional Hmm. See, see, no. see if they're yes. changing the language, and w which means it's not just about learning. Mm -hmm. And thus, it's not just about education. Well, here, and here's what I'm going to put down on you. Instead of putting, uh, like, social justice, racial justice, why don't we have just justice? Just justice. Just justice. Well, that would be God's justice, because God is just. There we go. Now, uh, Traubert, by the way, was not the only one who was caught on this undercover of video. Um, and we could go on and show many clips, but I'll just give you a couple <laughs> quotes. We have assistant principal of Mason Early Childhood Center. So the littlest of kids are preschoolers, the youngsters. Her name is Vivian Alvarez. She was captured saying uh, on the hidden camera that we'll just call it something else uh, with the critical well, race. Yeah, and that's we'll what just call doing. it something else, right? For decades, um, and they call it something else. Oh, they just call it something else. And the school is still going to do the same work. As, as, as what they do with this Ibram X. Kendi nonsense. Um, and she's the one who said, you know, they've tied social justice. We don't call it that. But we've tied social justice very much into that, which is into the social-emotional learning, because she course. talked about all that stuff, too. So they, and there were even more educators who were caught on tape, but we're just, you know, we don't have all the time to go through it. But um, there is, you know, with Trowbert and, and him and all that, there is a solution maybe yes. out there. Um, yes. Ohio Senator Sandra O'Brien recently introduced the Enact the Parent Educational Freedom Act. Um, it's SB or Senate Bill 11. It seeks to greatly expand school choice in the state. And if enacted, the choice. measure would expand eligibility for existing educational choice scholarships. It would also increase the income tax credit available to cover homeschooling expenses Whoa. so hopefully if that gets passed then parents you have even more options to mm -hmm. get your kids out of this nonsense and back home to you for some just justice <laughs> all right well either way uh yeah I, I like how i tied that one yeah. all right coming up we have a washington teacher who says that schools must do more to keep student information secret from these <gasps> christo fascist parents she sounds like a treat stay with us Today's show is sponsored by our friends at MyPillow. Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding, towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, -E EDUCATED. Support this show and a great American company. You know, those Christo-fascist parents are getting in the way again, aren't they always, David? Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> we have a Washington teacher who is not showing the love 
you're going to understand why I said love in a moment. Uh -huh. Anyway, Auburn School District 408, which is uh, has about 17,000 students. That teacher named Kelly Love tweeted out how uh, students' information is getting out there, you know, for all those Christo-fascist parents. Well, here's how the whole Twitter sphere happened and in, in where, where she actually tweeted this. Now, here's what happened. Someone from the principal's office, it's an account, uh, they originally had tweeted that parents, check your school district's policy regarding keeping info about your child's secret from you. There are some scary policies out there. Schools should not have a right to keep info about your child from you unless um, abuse by you is suspected. There, I said it and I mean it. Okay, or and mean it. Well, to which Kelly Love, who is um, trying not to spiral out, according to her Twitter handle there, um, she said, she responded and retweeted, I cannot disagree with this more. Oh. So many students are not safe in this nation from their Christo-fascist parents. Uh -oh. And our guidelines and laws haven't caught up with this. <gasps> oh no, they haven't caught up with this? Oh, whatever shall we do? Oh. Well, according uh, to Love, she wasn't done tweeting out because she, she, she just likes to tweet out a lot. She <laughs> responded to another tweet um, that claimed that few educators know deeply about the history of racism and oppression. Someone named Swaggy G. Ah, oh, these people and their Twitter names, I don't understand. But Jeez. someone named Swaggy G wrote, It's absolutely, absolutely wild to me how few educators have a working knowledge of the history of racism and oppression in this nation. And then Kelly Love was all like, Yeah, because many of them are perpetrators of it. 80% of teachers are white women. And at least statistically, over 50% of them vote for upholding white supremacy and patriarchy. <gasps> <sighs> How dare they? Of course, this is her just signaling out to everyone. Of course, I'm not one of them. I'm the good one. Love me, Swaggy G. She's spiraling out of control. <laughs> she's, no, she's trying not to spiral. Seriously, so you're, you're, you're putting Christians in this camp of white supremacists. Fascists! You might as well label, yeah, fascists, uh, homophobe, what, whatever, domestic terrorists. What other label do you want to put on someone who would actually believe that there is a God and that the Bible is true? How radical. And yet they're saying whatever they say about what, what they're trying to teach. I don't know how they can do it sometimes with a straight face. <laughs> do they really believe this stuff or are they, I don't know, a little loco? They're just, they're... I know she's trying to not she, to spiral out of control. She's trying not to spiral out of control. Apparently she's long gone. But hey, here's some good news. Here's some funny news. Here is how it works, people. You can fight back. In response to Love's Little Tweeting Fingers, someone named Nicole Solis, who's the senior fellow with Independent Women's Forum, filed a public records request to the Auburn School District asking for all of Love's emails containing the words transgender, gender, secret, transition, gender support plan, GSA, trans, <laughs> sex, all these other. Oh, and don't forget Christo-nationalist and Christo-fascist and or uh, Christo-fascist, extremist, sex. You know, this is how you do it, people. Okay, did they get the response? Not yet. Okay. But I look forward to seeing it. Yes. All right, well, still to come, Pixar's top creative mind blames audiences for not being as woke as Hollywood. Ugh, honestly, these people, especially when it comes to celebrating lesbians kissing in an animated movie about Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> They're just so not woke. 
Get on board, you bigots. We're going to discuss all of that next. If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows, plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. All right, this is an interesting story, but not surprising with our current woke, uh, politically correct culture. Um, Pixar exec admits that Lightyear flopped for straying too far from Toy Story uh, with fans furious over lesbian kiss and axing of conservative star Tim Allen. So the movie flopped worldwide, obviously, after the controversy. And they got rid of Tim Allen. didn't go over well with the fans, the real fans. And Pixar's chief executive officer admitted that the producers of the 2022 flop, Lightyear, quote, asked too much of the audience. Let me read into that for a second, (laughs) Katie Petrick. I, I think he's saying the audience wasn't quite ready. We couldn't quite bring them along from their old fashioned or whatever of oh, their their waywardness. We couldn't quite bring them in with this what's actually hip and current and woke. Yeah, I, it would have been nice to actually hear his thoughts and how he typed them. Uh, here's his actual quote. <laughs> We've done a lot of soul searching oh, about yes. that because... We all love the movie. Mm. We love the characters and the premise. Mm -hmm. I think probably what we've ended on in terms of what went wrong is that we asked too much of the audience. (laughs) So that's like what I want to know his tone in his thought, in his mind here of we just. Is he, is he, like, smoking a pipe? Well, probably not because that's not environmental. But he'd be, um, um. While he's eating his avocado toast, oh, it was, it was just too much for the audience. We just, we asked too much of them. <laughs> but it's almost like condescending oh, yeah, in, totally. in a very subliminal way. We asked Back too much of lap. the audience. <laughs> yeah, you guys are just idiots. You can't quite follow <laughs> this yet. You know, a lesbian kiss is not, nothing. I mean, that's on every television channel practically in every movie almost. But, I mean, at least the theme is you should get with the times. We at I'm sorry. We asked too much of our Toy Story audience. We did. <laughs> right? Uh, which the audience is supposed to be a bunch of, ch- it should be children. Yeah, should or be. Ch- like, yes, you asked too much of that eight-year-old. But this is what <laughs> they've been trying to do to all of our children for years now. Anyway, <clears throat> here's, I always like the numbers. It's yes. always fun. It uh, got 226 $2.4 million in receipts. Okay, mm-hmm. you would think, oh, that's a lot of money, right? Yeah. But it costs them $200 million, And that doesn't take into account, like, marketing and all of that. So, yep, it definitely was a flop. It did not go to infinity or beyond. So... I'm going to just read from the article here. There's some interesting words here. When you, if you know the characters, you'll understand this. When they hear Buzz, they're like, great, where's Mr. Potato Head and Woody and Rex? And then we drop them into this science fiction film, and they're like, what? Doctor added, 
He appeared to agree with some fans that it strayed too far from the Toy Story movies and the people we know and love. Oh, yeah, they totally did. And that's why now Disney's like backtracking, like, oh, let's get this back on course. We got to fix it. We're going to have another Toy Story. What? And yes, we're bringing Tim Allen back. <gasps> what? Oh, oh, the fights that are going to be breaking out by the lefties going, no. But is that a financial decision, you think? Because oh, did, that's all the, the Toy Story bait. that featured Tim Allen generated over a billion dollars at the box office. What did you say this one generated? This, this one was two, uh, $226 million, but it cost $200 million. <laughs> But all the other ones cost, like, less than that. It, it's insane. So, yes, this is a money grab. We get that it's a money grab. This is them trying, like, Bob Iger's trying to be like, sorry. Uh. Here's something. Uh, and if Tim Allen's back on board, you would hope that it's going to be okay, that he would he'd read the whole script and know actually what's in it and not approve of anything that's nonsense. Um, but, yeah, it's a pure money grab. <laughs> well, they did, uh, they did talk to him about this, and he said, um, um, he said, we talked about this many years ago, but the brass <laughs> that did the, the first brass. four movies is not – is not this. It's, he said, it's a whole new team that really had nothing to do with the first movies. I've stayed out of this. Alan went on to say that he did not originally think the film would be animated like the previous Toy Story films and that it was actually live action. He said, quote, there's really no Toy Story buzz without Woody. I'm not sure what the idea, I'm a plot guy, uh, it, would be, it would seem to be a big adventure story and as I see, it's not a big adventure story. So I think he was pretty kind there in his comments. And not, he, he, not, way, to, way to be nice there, Tim. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Good guy. All right, well, make sure you're a good guy or a good gal. And hit that like button if you're watching us on social media and give us some, some feedback. What are your thoughts about anything that we have said today or any other day, for that matter? But for now, for David and myself, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And thank you for supporting this show. Until next time. Stay educated. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel. Hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2023.